Hello, Fried fans, and welcome to Season 3 of Fried, the Burnout Podcast. I'm your host, Kate Donovan, and my mission with Fried is to hashtag end burnout culture. On this pod, we end burnout culture by sharing stories of people who have been through it all and live to tell the tale, sharing expert tips from the best of the best in the burnout and stress management fields, and sharing hashtag straight from Kate episodes full of my own expertise plus actionable steps to help you end your own burnout cycle starting today. If you're feeling burnt out right now and need more personalized guidance, I'm here for you. In every episode, you'll find a link to book a free breakthrough burnout call. You can find it easily by heading to bit.ly forward slash call Kate or finding the link in the show notes. This free call helps us decide if one-on-one coaching is perfect for you. If it is, we'll get started. If it isn't, I might suggest one of my immediately available online courses, my book, The Bounce Back Ability Factor, or some sessions with a colleague who's better suited to exactly what you need right now. Also, if you happen to be in New York City, I'd love to see you as a patient. I'm a licensed acupuncturist with over 13 years of international experience, and right now my office is located in Midtown Manhattan. I focus on, you guessed it, burnout. I help your body build up a natural stress resilience to fight off all those pesky symptoms that come alongside burnout. You can find all the deets on that at katedonovanacupuncture.com. Hey, Fried fans. This week's episode of Fried is uncensored, so if you have little ones around you, please either put earmuffs on them or headphones on you. In addition, there will be some background noise during this episode because we are talking about motherhood and what it's like building a business when you have children to take care of. So I left them in on purpose for the full effect. Hello, Fried fans, and welcome back to another episode of Fried the Burnout Podcast. Today, we have, again, a friend of mine on the podcast, someone that I have known in the business world now for two or three years, and I have watched her magic grow and grow with time. And she's here today for two reasons. One, because I love sharing her stuff. And two, because a lot of you have been asking me to do an episode about burnout in moms. And she knows a lot about this. So we're going to get to that in just a second. So my friend Dana Inoue is here today, and she is an empowerment coach and a hot mess mom of four. She works with creative women and rebellious leaders who know they're meant for more, but are stuck in the spirals of overthinking and people-pleasing. She helps women connect to their bigger part inside of them, their inner wild, and seduce their dreams so that they can show up bigger, emboldened, epically expressed, and anchored in their power. Dana has developed a groundbreaking rewilding process that merges mindset and embodiment and activates emotions. She maintains that we can't think our way to results. We've got to feel it. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to talk to you today. How are you feeling? Thank you. I'm feeling great. I am so excited to talk to you. Um, I'm just lamenting the fact that your listeners can't see me right now because I have the most epic (laughs) hair day, which, you know, does not happen every day and my earrings and, and lip gloss. Anyway, I'm super excited to be here. Um, we'll, we'll post a really great picture of you. Awesome. So they can experience you in your fullness. Yes. 
Yes. So we start every episode with Fried with your burnout story. So I'm going to step back, give you the stage, let you share that, and we'll use that as our little string to go through everything else that might come up. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. So as you know, so I have four kids who are with me like all the fucking time. <laughs> they never go away. <laughs> They're just, I actually had a moment earlier today when I said to them, in probably a little more colorful language that I'm going to share with you, where I was like, oh my God, you assholes. Like, can you just like get out of my life for a little while? Like, just for a little while. Anyway, so four kids ranging from four to 14 and um, right, and everyone's home distance learning now. I mean, they've always, even when the older two were in school, like, you know, a few years ago when I started my entrepreneurial journey, even then, there were always like two at home and two at school and always people up in my place. <laughs> With that being the case, and I never had, you know, I never had proper childcare at home. I was, you know, I started my entrepreneurial journey with like babe on the boob, you know, feet perched on a mountain of laundry. And that was actually great. Like when, when it was a babe, I could like really utilize the nap times and then they grow up and then it's like no more nap times. And then it's just bloody mess. But Anyway, what I was finding, you know, I was like, I, I started my journey, I started sharing my content, I started sharing my ideas and my purpose and my message and all this stuff. And, but I was doing it like piecemeal, right? Because I didn't have dedicated time allotments, like I didn't have those dedicated chunks of time to do my work. So it was like stolen moments here and there. It was like, you know, social media post on the toilet, <laughs> like locking the door. Thank God for locks on uh, bathroom doors. I kind of got to this place where, you know, after a while where I was just feeling drained and depleted and constantly being pulled in different directions, right? Um, you know, where I'm like with my kids, but feeling like, oh my God, I have to, I'm like trying to like, you know, write something inspired and brilliant in that moment or post something or, you know, or read an email from a list that I'm subscribed to that, you know, really isn't going to make the biggest difference <laughs> in, in my life right at that moment. But I'm like, oh my God, I need to read this because, you know, I need to know what everyone else is doing. I was doing things. I was getting stuff done in pockets of time, but I was just like <sighs> mental overload and um, and I had this moment in the shower where, where I thought of you. I had this beautiful moment in the shower where I was like, oh my God, Caitlin, like, this is what I need to share with her right now in this moment. It was sort of, it was this aha moment where, where I had realized that all my life, I thought that burnout came as a result of working many hours right? That it was like this quantitative thing, that it came as a result of like burning the midnight oil and like both ends of the candle or whatever the, you know, the metaphor is. And so I, you know, it was all about quantity. And I was like, how the fuck can I feel so depleted and, you know, and burnt out where I'm working like six to eight hours a week? Really? Like that's so, you know, so little compared to... Also being a mom to four children. Yes, yes. And I was just like, why the fuck am I so like feeling so fatigued and so weighed down? And, and that was like this huge, like switch, this, this huge aha moment for me. And I realized that 
well, one, I realized, like I started realizing, making the connection that like, you know, like just like the energy that I'm in my mind. And I know you talk about this a lot. And I, when I read that part in your book, it resonated so hard with me. It's like the energy that you're using in that place of being like frazzled, whatever, you know, pulled, pulled in different directions. And like, that could be energy that you could be using in a different way, right? It's like, this thing where we're thinking where where we're like, well, I don't have any time and I don't have any more, I don't have any time than I already have. And I don't have any energy than I already have, except for we're not realizing that we're using that time and the energy that we have in a way that's like, that's just not serving us. I realized, and even when I was in the work, right, even when I did have those like pockets of time, you know, where, where say my husband would like take the kids out for whatever, for a couple hours. And I was like, okay, this is my work time. Now I have to be hunkered down and I have to sit in front of my computer and I have to get all the things done because I only have this window of time. It's like this window, it's solid. It's in a box. It's whatever, like two hours. And I'm just like, and I'm like looking at the clock the whole time, right? Like being like, my time is being like counted, like just a countdown and it's constant. It's like trickling, trickling and diminishing. And I have to get, I have to fit everything in there. Right. So I, I realized that even when I was in that work mode, I was, I was inhabiting this mental space of just like pushing and reaching and shooting and, and being pulled. You know, it, it was like this idea that like, if I want to get something done, well, what do I need to do? I need to sit down and do it. Right. And, and yes, but right. Doing from doing is very different than doing from being. And that's when I started exploring being more my body and embodiment practices. And the, you know, my, my whole journey over the last sort of year and a half has really been, has really taken on the form of like embodiment and emotion activation. And that's, and, and that's the stuff that, that really helped me shift into a different way of being. A while ago, I, I had a conversation with, I was on, a, I was on the phone with a coach and, and she asked me like, what are your goals? Or what's your goal? And as soon as you said that, as soon as I heard that word goal, like there was just this like, oh, like I found my mind trying to like reach for something outside of me, out there in the whatever, in the ether, in the space. And it was like, and it just felt so constricting. And so I've really like shifted the way I, the way I approach moving towards where it is that I want to be or what it is that I want to do into this paradigm of, of that I call seeding desires opposed to setting goals. Because setting goals to me came from this place of a few things. One, it was, it was this like outside of me rather than coming from this internal place. And being that it was outside of me, I had to get to it from this place of lack because it's like the abundance is out there in the goal and I'm not there yet. And so I have to keep reaching for it and I realized that like when I can tap into my desire, right, the desire that's inside of me in my body, then I'm like feeling this place of abundant and I can move from that place. And so there's also like the mind body thing, right? Where like where, where when it was only goals, it was all in the mind. Once I started bringing the desire piece into it. And and everybody out there can't see you right now, but if you could see (laughs) how she was moving, you'd be like, yes, yes. (laughs) And I want to bring you back a little bit to something that you said, because you said it a couple of times in a slightly different way. And I want to, I want to dig into it a little bit because I think it is 
really especially important for mothers. You said multiple times that there's this sort of combination of feeling like you're being pulled and feeling like you have to push at the same time. Mm -hmm. And both of those things are stressful and hard Mm -hmm. and you're getting both of them. Can you, can you like dig into that a little bit more, what that means for you, how you view that? Yeah. That's such a great observation. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, yeah, you're feeling like you're being pulled and you're like pushing, pushing, pushing to, to get through it all. Right. One of the things that occurred to me is I think all the pulling and pushing comes from this place where we feel like we need to get to some place of balance, right? Like, like we need to attain, like, you know, it's like if I'm, I'm with my kids, but I also have this business that I want to run. And I'm not, I'm spending more time with my kids than I have time, time to spend on my business. And so I'm trying to like, to squeeze things in, right? And so I'm trying to squeeze this in while I'm doing, squeeze one thing while I'm doing the other thing. I'm trying to create this makeshift balance out of imbalance, which is absolutely bullshit. Like it's impossible, right? And I think that this idea of balance is just such a fallacy. When you say that, what are you, what are you thinking about? What do you mean? Yeah, I'm thinking about, um, about things being in equilibrium. Like, okay, like, okay, you have this, like the same amount of time for one thing as you do for another thing, as you, you know, like just sort of like this idea of equilibrium and life is just out of whack. Like we don't, right. It's like, we're not, I don't think we're ever really in a place of like complete where everything is balanced. However, And this was a really big aha moment for me also is that I think we can reframe it where we, where we can glimpse our lives as being whole. And when I, you know, when I started looking at it as wholeness as opposed to balance, I was able to be more present in whichever container, whichever identity I was in at the moment or at the time, right? Never mind that I'm, you know, that I'm with my, like, just doing shit with my kids, like, 80% of the time and, like, you know, maybe doing stuff on my business, whatever, 15% or whatever. I was able, regardless of what that, you know, configuration looked like, I was able to be in each one and feel like, oh, okay, I have, I have this piece in my life and I have this piece in my life and I have this piece in my life. And there's all these pieces that make up this beautiful, messy, magical piece of whatever, like pie, life. whatever it is, life. Yeah. And I remember like really, I remember this, the, this episode like really pointedly where I was like, I was at my mom's house and you know, and you think that when you go visit your parents or, you know, like be grandparents, like <laughs> you might have more time because they do stuff with your kids. Not the case, not the case in my, at least in my experience. Um, and so I'm at my mom's house and like, I'm, you know, upstairs in the bedroom and the little ones are there with me, not downstairs with the other folks. And I remember like wanting to, I don't know, just wanting to write something, wanting to create something, wanting to post something, whatever. And constantly being distracted by them. And uh, there was a moment where I just fucking gave in. And I was like, okay, 
closing my computer and like doing like whatever like I don't whatever it was I don't even remember if we were like reading a story or like whatever playing jumping on the bed whatever it doesn't matter exactly but I remember after that like I remember just like being like okay I'm just gonna be with this and being really in it and one of the things that I do to be in it is really pay attention to the sensory experience like that right? Bringing, okay, like, what am I looking at? What am I, what am I seeing right now? What am I feeling right now? What am I? And the thing is, the thing that struck me is that after that, whatever episode I had with the kids and like, whether it was like while they, while one of them was napping or like later that night when they had both gone to sleep, the younger ones, I like pulled out my computer and I was like, and I was like totally inspired and, and had so much energy. And I had realized that, okay, well, yeah, duh, like that makes sense. I wasn't being pulled. I allowed myself to just be wholly present in this container, in this part of my identity. And then when I, you know, when I was able to move into a different part of my identity, I was able to be completely present in that too. Is this about the same time you started writing about uh, like being in the mess? I think I started writing about being in the mess long before. Okay. Yeah. I mean, this was like an evolution of being in the mess. But yeah, I mean, magic in the mess has always been a tagline for me. And it's funny because, and I know you'll appreciate this, is that it came from a motherfucking rant. <laughs> like, Because I know you talk about resentment journals and all that. And I love that. I so appreciate that in your work that it's like, that you take this this paradigm of wholeness, right? Rather than like compartmentalizing all the pieces and like high vibes only bullshit. So is all yes. I have to say to that. Yes. So the yeah, the magic and the mess, it's so funny because it came from this place where I was, uh, I mean, I was in the mess, obviously. <laughs> and at the very start of, you know, of, of my entrepreneurial journey and, and sort of growing a business. and all the messages that I was, that I was receiving, you know, where you hear all that stuff about self-care and like all the messages around that were like, okay, well, you need to, you need to do something to escape what you're in, right? You need to, whatever, whether it's like going to take a hot bath or, or, you know, a massage or, or a mani-pedi or whatever, whatever it is, like all those messages of self-care that I was, you know, that I was receiving and that I was seeing had to do with going outside of the the mess that you're in in order to get to a place that isn't messy, right? Yeah. I, like, presumably. And I started, and I and I was just like, you know what? Like, fuck that. Like, I don't have, <laughs> don't have the time for it, don't have the money for it, don't have the, the whatever, the resources, the childcare for it. And that was when, like, as a consequence of this rant, I came to this place where I'm like, I need to find the magic where I am at right now. Like I need to find something in the mess that I'm at right now that will make it feel, that will ease, you know, that will make it feel more easeful, that that will make it feel more magical, that will make it feel just better, right? That will make it feel like I'm like, this is, 
this is exactly the place where I need to be right now. How do I stay in the same energy but feel differently than I feel now? Yes. Mm. Yes. Mm. And so a question is coming up in my yeah. mind because I feel like this is really common for mothers, right? Like they're they're in it all the, like you're in it all the time. Yeah. You don't, you don't get to shut off. And when you finally think you've got a schedule and your kid is going to go to bed at eight o'clock, all of a sudden they won't, they refuse to go to sleep until 1030. And you're like, I thought I had those two and a half hours to myself. Like you're always, always in it. And when you're burnt out, whether you're a mother or not, you're also always in it. And it feels most of the time your life feels like dread. Right. You're just, you're dreading all of it. You're dreading being there. You're dreading trying to get away from there. There's just all this like, Oh my God, this again. So I know that there are people out there that are saying, yeah, it sounds nice to be able to take this place that I'm in and be like, well, I'm going to find, you know, this. Maybe I'm, I'm going to go backwards, right? Because you know me, I like to sit in the muck. I don't believe mm-hmm. in pulling out silver mm-hmm. linings before it's time. We're not, oh. we're saying to like, if you can't go take a bath, then you're not, don't separate yourself. Like you've got to find your way inside. But yeah. how do you stay honest about how you're feeling and create better feelings for yourself at the same time? I think if I was a listener, that's what I would be asking you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How do you stay honest about how you're feeling and, and still improve it? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> a few, th- a few things come up. So one is, ah, one is just giving yourself fucking permission to feel all the things and to feel all of it. Like, right? like I'm not saying let's just paint it over with like, Oh, Oh, all of a sudden everything's magical. And when I, right. When I talk about magic in the mess, it's like, it's like, yeah, let's be real about all the messy ass moments. And, um, and let's, you know, and let's forge a sense of community. And that's what, you know, I, I, you know, and as I was, one of the first things I did early on was like create a Facebook community and that was called Lean and Mama. I mean, since it's evolved and it's, and now it's the Rewild Collective, but it was like, let's like create some sense of community where we can come together and be like, this fucking sucks. Because that helps too. Like just, just like having a place to like rant and rage is like, is so, so helpful. Like we need this, we need a place of solidarity and a place of where, where we feel like we're not alone in all of this. So yeah. So one is like, just be real and allow yourself to feel all of it. And I wanted to say, so let me say something about this emotional piece. One of the things that I was, you know, that I, that, that I was telling my, <laughs> my community and my audience and, you know, the moms who were in my space is that I was just like, let's talk about losing our shit. Like, let's talk about it because it happens <laughs> like a lot. Right. And the way I, you know, the, the way I've come to view it is almost as a portal where when we, there have been so many times where I have like lost, you know, lost my shit. When I allowed myself to just whatever, like when I allowed, when I gave my, myself the permission to let it happen without guilting, without making myself wrong over it. And, you know, with, with compassion, with permission, 
I was also able to sit in this, this place, this space that happens on the other side of that. So I think, and that's something that I've, that I've discovered with my work in emotions, with emo- with activating and releasing and harnessing emotions is that when we allow ourselves to go there, when we sort of, right, when we lose it, it's like this, this, this raw space opens up. It's almost like we, like, it's like we, we break open, right? Like we crack open and, this raw space opens up. And what happens is that when there's this opening, it allows something else to come through. And so I can't tell you the number of times, like the most exquisite, most tender moments that I experienced just on the other side of that rage episode, you know, or that anger episode, like the most heartwarming, exquisite tenderness moments that I shared with my children were just on the other side of that. And so I, I'm all about giving permission and, and choosing what you want, like choosing what you want to, and that's where the magic of the mess is, right? It's, it's choosing what you want to hold on to and what you want to let go of. And a lot of people, I remember people were like, well, how do I let go? You know, how do I effectively let go of what doesn't serve me? And I think the the easiest, most effective way of letting go of one thing is holding on to another, right? So that we can, okay, so I am going to choose to just hold on to this moment of tenderness and let go of the, let go of the rage that just happened, right? Because I've got this other thing that I can now hold on to and that I'm, I'm going to allow myself to experience and, and savor and really bring in that, really anchor in to that sensory experience. So my question that comes up with that is, are you saying, because this is, you know, for me, this is sit in the muck and get out when you're ready, like go, go there when things are, are shitty, they're shitty. And and that's, you know, admit that, say that. And so I agree with that part, but are you, when you say allow yourself to have that like rage and that anger, and you're talking about losing your shit. Mm -hmm. Are you thinking about giving yourself permission to just feel those things? Or are you talking about giving yourself permission to like scream at your kids and then not feel guilty about it? Like, what are we really talking about here? What does it mean to feel that rage and that anger? Like, what, what are we really saying? Right, right, right. I mean, sometimes it's one and sometimes it's the other, honestly. Ideally, like we want to scream at our kids less, you know, we want to get to a place where we're not like just emotional reactants. And, and so then that, and that's why, yes, like, yes, doing the emotional work helps with that. And so when I, when I allow myself to, to have those moments to myself where I can just right where I can just like close the door and I'm like, kids, just give me a fucking moment. And I close the door and I'm just like, ah, and I'm like in my rageful state and I can release it that way. That's awesome. But like, I'll be honest, I'm human and I do scream at my kids. I mean, it happens and it's okay. And I let it be okay. And again, and I always go back to the moments right? The moments that happen after I've moved through it, because I can use that as a teachable moment. I can model forgiveness. I can like, there's so much that you can, that you can use to make it, to make it into something that has some positive 
you know, magical aspect to it so that you're not just stuck in the, uh, like, in the grunt of it. If I asked you, and this is like way off script, but if I asked you what your kids thought about your emotional states, what would they say? They'd what do you think? They'd crazy. <laughs> 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 they think I'm a nutcase. They, yeah. I mean... Look, I, my, my oldest son, my 14 year old, who is, you know, becoming a little smart ass because he's at that age. Um, the other day he said, he's just like, Oh my God, your Instagram account is getting like weirder and weirder every day. And now I'm actually embarrassed for you. <laughs> Those were his words. And then, I mean, my kids, they're, they're, they just laugh at me. They find it laughable. They find it laughable. Like they, I, I love to cry. That's another thing. I just, I love it. I love it. Like it makes me feel alive. It makes me feel like, like something is happening. Something is moving inside. Right. So we're watching, you know, if we're like on the couch watching whenever some cheesy sitcom, <laughs> I'm like sitting there with tears in my eyes and they look over and they're just like, and they start laughing. And they're like, oh my God. Look at mom. She's crying. So do ridiculous. That, do you think that you've helped normalize anger for them? Because anger is like such a dangerous yeah. thing within families. Because we're, ta- we're talking about having anger, sometimes exploding, like taking it into mm-hmm. your own room and dealing with it. But there are some people, there are some households out there that have right. live in fear because of anger. Right. Right. Yeah. So it can, so we can, that, that's a boundary that can be crossed. Right. So, totally. so do you, totally. do you think that this has helped you like teach them a, a positive way to use anger? And what would you say in addition to that? Like, what would you say to mothers who feel like their anger is destructive? Mm, yeah. I feel like, look, I, in addition to the anger, there is so much humor yeah. and there is so much laughter and there is so much love and there is so much tenderness in our, right, in our home. So I feel like what ha- when we have all the pieces, like the whole spectrum, it, what happens is that we're able to go from anger to laughing about it. And right. that's the thing. And I think... I think laughter is just such a, like such an important, such an underestimated thing, I think, because laughter creates a sense of distance, right? And so like you're able, when you're able to laugh about something, you're not like, you're not in it. It's like, oh, I can, (laughs) you can laugh about it after the fact. And I think by continually weaving this, this playfulness, I think that's the thing is that we're, what I'm trying to model is this place of playfulness where we can play and we can be and we can move and there's fluidity between the emotions. So we don't get stuck in one or the other. We're constantly moving. So a lot of times like, yeah, I mean, yes, if we're normalizing anger, I think so. I mean, we're, I mean, there's, there's anger all over the place up in this, up in this place. But, um, (laughs) but I noticed that what happens is that then like someone will like, I don't know. Like, well, it's almost like we have this little, um, 
like secret language where we can, where someone can like, you know, do a little gesture that makes the other person laugh. And then it's like, okay, we're moving to another place now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you work with other mothers, creatives, and you help them sort of create these types of environments for themselves, for their children. Yeah. So one of the, yeah. Um, what I, when, when you first asked me that question, now I don't remember what the question was, like way back a few questions ago. Um, <laughs> and I started talking about like the emotions and the anger piece um, and the, you know, and the tenderness on the other side of that. Oh yeah. I think it was like, you were asking about the magic, the magic and the mess and how, yeah. you know, like, how do we like feel the magic and the mess without like, just kind of like painting this gloss over it. Right. Yeah. One of the things that I have found to be the, I actually just had an aha moment about this, about this, like yesterday, where it was like, this is it. Like, this is the fucking thing is that is paradox is like living in the paradox. I just had this moment where I was like, paradox is the key to transformation. To, welcome, like, welcome to the world of Chinese day. medicine. Yes. Yin yang. <laughs> yes. And so I, and it's, and it's, and it's with the magic and the mess, like this is something that I, there's this exercise that I do, you know, with, with my clients, like very early on in our, in our containers, where I ask them to, I ask them to identify their values on the one hand. And then I ask them to identify the season that they're in on the other hand. And so I'm, I ask them to like, to, to just articulate certain adjectives, or, you know, descriptors of like, the values on the one hand and the season on the other hand. And often, I mean, always pretty much, those are in opposition with like the values in the season are in opposition with one another. When There's you say some sort season, of when you between. say season, what do you mean? Yeah, when I say season, I mean like where you're at in life right now. Like, you know, like where I'm at is that like I have four kids, they're all home distance learning. Um, I have no time to myself. Like, that's what I mean. Okay. It's like, got it. Right. Like not 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 winter, spring, summer, fall. But, yeah, yeah. I knew that, but I wasn't sure what yeah. you meant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, just kind of like what's going on for you in your life right now, right? That, that you're positioned in. What happens is that these two pieces are in are in this place of tension very often. Mm. When there's there's some sort of tension, there's some sort of you know they're, they're in this like juxtaposed space. And the exercise is finding a way and this is where like the paradox is really where I find that the paradox is key because it allows us to to take the wholeness right the wholeness of our emotional spectrum the wholeness of like where we are versus where we want to be and then find this like juicy space where you know that's really fluid where we can play with all the pieces, where we can play with both of the pieces that are, that are sort of in tension with one another. And so I'm asking them to really stretch. Like this is where we're like stretching our reframing muscles. And that's the place of growth, right? When you're able to contain, when you're able to, 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 to hold and to contain the paradox, it's like all this possibility opens up. And that was like, that's where I realized this is it. Like this is why this exercise is so powerful because then I'll ask them to, you know, to really play in that, in that in-between space where one can feed the other, where one can, is, is in, in relationship and in interplay with one another. And then I'll ask them to create some sort of phrase that, you know, that incorporates both of them where they're in relationship with one another. 
And the stuff that comes up is just incredible. Like it's not like the, the connections that are being made and the meaning making and the stretching and the capacity building that is being, you know, that is being. Is there an example that popped up in your mind just then? Yes. Is it one that you can share? I mean, because I know if you don't want to. Yeah, it is. Well, I mean, the one one that that was my own, and that's where the whole magic in the mess was, was like, I think it was, I think my, I think my value was like playfulness. Like one of my values was playfulness and, and the season was just mess. (laughs) It was like, oh, I think it was like messy is my new happy. I think that's what it was. And I would like, and it, it was like amazing because I would look around the house and like see this fucking mess that, you know, that used to drive me crazy. And I was just like, and I would just like laugh and be like, oh my God, this is so colorful. <laughs> but I had another, I had another client who, um, I don't remember what the exact phrase was, but there was something where there was something really beautiful, beautiful that happened where it was where where she came up with this phrase that was like i need you mm. and it came it was so like it was just so hard uh, like like self to self tender no it was even well self to self and and like and self to child self to mm. children because it was like she was in this place where she felt like she was constantly being needed it was she was oh, in this place where she it. felt like she was constantly being like, Mom, I like I need you, I need you, I need you, right? Like where she was constantly being pulled and you know, where they were so needy. And she was able to like get to a place where she was like, you know, I remember she I remember her talking about like her kids always kind of clamoring over and like hugging her. And she was just like, Oh, like give me my space, get away from me, you know? Like it was just, it felt it was like this needy feeling. And all of a sudden she was like, maybe they're doing this because, because I need, because I need it, not because they need it. Mm. And it was just like this. Yeah. It was this gorgeous perspective shift that just gave her a sense of peace and a sense of like, yeah. Yeah. So one of the things that you wrote recently that I've read this post probably eight times Mm. because it's, a good one. You talked about the combination of the three P's. Oh, yeah. Pleasure, pleasure, power, and possibility. Mm. And we've been talking about this the whole time, but this is a framework. And this is, this is the framework that you've mentioned, but this is a framework mm. that is very well defined and very clear And something that I think if people understand can pull it into their lives and use it, uh, use it well. So can we talk about pleasure, power, possibility a little Mm, bit? Yes. Ooh, I'm like feeling all like turned on and (laughs) my favorite stuff to talk about. Um, yeah. So this, yeah, well, first of all, I have to say, like, obviously, I'm like the biggest alliteration nerd <laughs> ever. Like, everything, everything I like create, like, has to be alliterated because I just like, I love that. Like, that's, that's the playfulness, right? It just turns me on. Anyway, yeah, pleasure, power, and possibility. Um, yeah, I, so I realized it's that it's, 
what we're talking about really when we're talking about like you know just allowing for the full spectrum of our emotions and our expressions is that there's there's this wholeness right there's there's all these um there's all these nuances and there's there's the there's the light right and you know and the light and the playful and the seductive and the fun and the right and there's also the dark and there's the the rage and there's the who like the sadness there's the grief there's the the fear all the the shadow stuff and um and i i want to play in all of them because i realized that that it's when we right when we um play in this place of wholeness that's where we like that's where we expand the capacity into a place of possibility mm-hmm. right that's the paradox again and so the pleasure power and possibility is is it has really become my framework because you know we were talking about like seeding desires rather than setting goals early on right and that's where like that's where we get into the pleasure the pleasure piece is like we need to feel good in order to like when we're like when we're just feeling like good and lit up and like in this like pl- you know place where we're vibing that's where like that when our energy is in that place that's where our best work comes through that's when we create that's when we show up you know in a magnetic way and so pleasure is really equate pleasure to the light right yes. and so that's the the seduction and that's like the playfulness and that's like all the good feelings and all the good vibes and that's like the energetic place right that we want to this is the good juice it's the good juice totally like that's the mojo it's the magnetic mojo right we're back to alliteration we're back to alliteration yes (laughs) and then what happens is that we're like, oh yeah, we're in this good place. And then there's like all the like other stuff that is just fear there. and doubt and anger and all of it. And what's yes. interesting is you have written here, like pleasure equals light, which you just said. And then you have written power equals dark. And yeah. this is really nerve wracking for people, right? Because we, yes. we live in this world, you know, I hate this because you you've known me for a long time, but we live in this world where we're like, focus on the positive. Everything should be great all the time. And you're like, no, the power's allowing yourself to get into the darkness. Totally. The power is in the dark, right? So I equate power to dark. That's the, that's our, like, that's this like fertile soil that is so rich where we can tap into our anger and we can tap into our grief and we can tap into our fear. And that's where the power is, right? Because our rage is going to tell us where it, that's where we connect to our truth. Yeah. That's where we connect to our power. Our rage is going to tell us where, what boundaries need to be established. Right. Um, our fear is going to tell us like what we really, really want. Like our fear is a match for our desire. And that's why it's so exciting to play in that space. Yeah. The, um, the sentence that you wrote is just like my fave underneath, you know, number two power equals dark. You wrote, Plunging into the rage, the fear, the grief, rather than bypassing and transmuting all that potent junk is where our deeply embodied power is sourced. So what you're saying here, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that yes, like get turned on. Yes. Feel that light. Yes. Do those things, but don't unplug yourself from that source. Yeah, 
absolutely. But here's the here's the additional piece, and this is where it gets really, really hot, is that we can our emotions are like again, our emotions are fluid, right? Like they don't fit in boxes and they're not disparate and they're not compartmentalized. Like they they flow. And so the really exciting thing that I that I do in my process is that I layer the pleasure with the power. And it's in that in-between space that like that's where the magic happens, right? Because so we can like so I will, you know, I have like these rage workshops that I lead where um where we just like where you just feel like this like fiery you know dragon like fire breathing dragon and you really allow yourself to get to be in that rage and it is i am telling you like it can be such a turn on like it just connects you with this deep source sense of truth and sense of power and so lacing the pleasure with the power right where i I also have this process called flirt with fear where we're like flirting with our fear and like in a really seductive way can you hear my kids are knocking on the door oh my god because i locked it of course but that's that's the thing that's the fucking problem is that when you've got you can't even like locking the door doesn't solve it because then they're just like pound down on the door and it makes even more noise <laughs> there is the mess um yeah your face right now is so funny but getting back into the the possibility like you wrote under possibility is this is the magical space that opens up when we integrate the dark with the light in a way that is playful spirited and sacredly irreverent yes sacredly irreverent yes well that's i mean that has to do with the playfulness yeah between right that it has to do with the playfulness between like the dark and the light it has to do with like getting getting sexy with the dark side with our shadows i love this i love this so much and it really matches well with um with chinese medicine right chinese medicine is if you get down to the very heart of it is based in taoism and taoism is based on the tai chi symbol which is what people refer to as the yin yang symbol right is it's Mm -hmm. traditionally called the tai chi symbol and the statement is one became the two, two became the three, three became the 10,000. So the pleasure and the power, right? The light and the dark came together to form the possibility and the possibility created 10,000. I love that. I love that so much. I also love like playing in threes. Like I love this idea, right? Because I love, there's always like the, the like I love the du- the duality of things, right? There's always like this yeah. tension. And then when you, that's the sweet spot is like where you find that place of reckon where you can like contain the paradox and that place of reconciliation reconciliation that's where all the possibility opens up that's that third space so if i if i was going to sum up what i thought you were telling mothers today all my mothers that have written to me and said moms are burnt out too let's talk about moms mm. and i was like i don't know anything about moms <laughs> What I, if I had to sum it up, I would say more permission. Number one, more permission. Number two, more honesty. Yeah. And number three, more, yeah, more playfulness, more, more possibility. What would you, what else would you throw into this mix? Like if, if right, right now you have a thousand mothers listening to you. 
What do you want them to know? Mm, yeah. Ha. Huh. I want you to know that that you're fucking amazing. <laughs> that you are fucking amazing like just navigating this bloody mess. And yes, all the permission. All the permission, all the playfulness, all the feels. Um let yourself, I mean, you know, Go, go hide in the closet or in the bathroom with all the chocolate and all the ice cream. <laughs> like, that shit is okay. And like, yeah, just know that you're, know that you're doing great. Know that you're, and here's the thing. I think like, know that you're fine and know that your kids will be fine. That's the thing. That's the thing I want them to know is like, your kids will be fine. Because I think we get into this place of like, oh my God, I'm like destroying my kids. You know, I'm like, my my kid's going to be like a, whatever. (laughs) Well, you know, I always tell people that like as mothers, I I mean, not that I don't work with mothers, just that I'm not a mother myself. So I don't have a lot, I don't have a lot of experience on on the topic. But one of the things that I always tell mothers that I work with is like, your kids will be fine. And also you're going to fuck them up a little bit. And you just have to like, yeah. they're going to have to go through therapy because of something that you did or did not do. Even yeah. if you did the same exact thing for all of your kids and for one of your kids, it wasn't a problem for three other ones. It might be. And yeah. you can't know which thing is going to be the thing that just sets right. them off. And this is really interesting from my perspective because my sister and I have really different experiences of things that our parents said to us. Like I'll mm-hmm. be like, yeah, but dad was always like, and my sister's like, what? And she's like, mom was always like, I'm like, huh? You know, we have totally different experiences of it because we're two different people. You're only one person. You have four children. They each need something different from you. You're not going to fulfill that need. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And right now I have like all four of them are home distance learning. And I like, I never thought I would have to do like sixth grade and first grade over again. Like me, I would have to do it over again. But you know what? I mean, my, and the biggest lesson with all that's going on right now is like, I am just like letting shit go. Yeah. And knowing and trusting that they will be okay. They might be behind. Yeah. And they'll catch up. Yeah. Or right? not. And that will be or fine. Or not. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Or they'll just like develop all these like other, you know, resilient skills along the way. Yeah. They'll be okay. They'll be okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that was a conversation that was full of lots of light and lots of dark and lots of magic. And, and, lots, am, of, and lots of door and banging. And lots of door banging. <laughs> I'm going to do a special intro to let people know that that's happening so that they don't shut us off. Because oh this is this is the mess. Yeah. This is it. This is the relatable part of it, right? This is the truth. We yeah. needed an hour for this. You have four kids. They couldn't give it to you. Because... That's what it is. Not because they have bad boundaries. No kid has good boundaries. I don't, I remember as a teenager still going into the bathroom when my mother was in the tub and her just putting down her book and like looking at me like, okay, you know, like (laughs) here we are. And I didn't think that that was ridiculous at all. Like kids Mm -hmm. have no boundaries. They're not that we're not supposed yeah. to have adult boundaries as children. <laughs> I mean, my husband though is gonna hear from me though because I asked him to put a fucking movie on for them downstairs before he leaves the house. And like, 
well, I mean, maybe there's a movie. He might, yeah, there might be a movie going on anyway. But this is part of, but this is part of it, and I think that that's important. That was amazing. I'm so grateful for your time and your energy, and everybody, you will be getting a picture of her hair because it's amazing. (laughs) And I will be putting all of the links and all the places that you can find Dana in my show notes. So tell us that you love us, share us with all your friends, and we will talk to you soon. Thank you.